More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready for Smart Money Happy Hour. Pull up a chair. It's the happy hour you wish your friends were having. Mix two money experts with some hot takes and a splash of nostalgia, and you get me, George Camel. And me, Rachel Cruz, talking unfiltered about what's going on in the world, pop culture, and how to afford a life you love. We're talking money, celebrity budgets, and my budget for my two French Bulldogs. It's a lot. <laughs> You'll hear it all on Smart Money Happy Hour. Listen on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in. Second hour of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show begins right now. Thank you for being here with us. Um, you may have seen uh, the news over the weekend of a mass shooting in uh, Cleveland, Texas. Uh, as we speak to you right now, the uh, individual who allegedly murdered five people, including a uh, small child, uh, is still on the run. Authorities are trying to find him. Um, they're asking for help. As of right, as of two hours ago, the New York Times reporting that they have no leads on this uh, issue. Also interesting to see that there is no mention in this uh, New York Times piece, and you've seen this a lot over the weekend, I am sure, um, there is no mention of the fact that the individual here is a, the a alleged mass murderer now, is an illegal immigrant. Um, and now I understand that there are going to be people who, who start to look at all of the different uh, categorizations for mass shootings, and they're going to look at the data, and they're going to come to, they're going to bring... Uh, different conclusions uh, to this conversation. Uh, let me just say this. It's also believed that this individual is uh, somebody who has come in and out of the country five times illegally, was what I saw over the weekend, uh, assuming that they have the right individual in mind here. We have a porous border. Um, we have somebody who's an illegal who should not have been in the United States under U.S. law, period not an asylum seeker he's not uh, even trying to game the process um in some way just the backstory in this by the way I, I would add is um that he was shooting a gun in his yard the neighbor uh neighbor came over and said can you please stop shooting the gun we have a baby here that's trying to sleep it was 11 o'clock at night and he uh grabbed the individual here or a or a pace grabbed his rifle and then went and tried to murder the entire family, essentially. It's, it's as horrific a case as you can read about. Um, and Clay here, I just wanted to make sure I confirm this. 
They're looking for this illegal alien. The New York Times doesn't even re- reference the fact that he's an illegal. No, no description of that whatsoever in their most recent update of this. The Daily Mail, a British newspaper, puts out that there's a manhunt for an illegal alien. They kept calling him over the weekend, Texas man. That's how he's being described. Texas man. No, he's actually a Mexican national. He is not an American, and he is not in the country legally, and he is not a Texas man. He is an illegal in the state of Texas, and uh, he killed five people, and what we find out is that he has been deported, they believe, five times already. So now why is this? No, this is a, a, a horrific mass shooting, obviously. That's why, first and foremost, you're seeing this in the news stories but why is this so noteworthy i think from a policy standpoint first of all mayorkas the head of dhs was asked about this uh yesterday this is clip five play this there's some question about his citizenship he supposedly had a a, 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 i guess they referred to it as a, a consulate card from mexico meaning he was here legally but perhaps he'd overstayed so chuck i've I won't comment on it because it is an active case. Notice that Chuck Todd first goes up. He's he's here legally. No, that is incorrect, Chuck. If you have a visa to be here for a couple of weeks or whatever, and you stay, you are an illegal. It's not, oh, but I used to be legal for a day. No. And then beyond this, Clay, Mayorkas was asked about whether the border is secure. And this is what I really want to hone in on. Play clip six. What's uh, the definition of secure border to you? It is, in the context uh, in which we are working, it is maximizing the resources that we have available to us to deliver the most effective results. That is not the definition of a secure border, right? I mean, this is like saying, what's the definition of, you know, of, of building a house? Well, it's gathering together people and having a discussion about how a house, how a house might be built. But that's not the definition of how you build it. And, but I would just add, he's been deported already, they think, five times, Clay. How, how can anyone talk about a border that is not an abject joke under this administration when you got a guy who's been deported five times who murders five people? According to Bill Malugin, to your point, he was deported March of 2009, September of 2009, January 2012, July 2016, and he was arrested and convicted for a DUI in 2012. And building on this even more, our friend Chip Roy says uh, 261,000 illegal immigrants have committed 430,000 crimes, including 800 homicides, 800 kidnappings, 5,000 assaults in the last decade in Texas alone. Now, all of those data points are important, but for people out there who say, well, There's massive crime, because this is the counter, right? There's massive crime, and most of the time, illegal immigrants aren't committing crime. That's the counter argument. Okay, but the mere fact that these illegal immigrants are here at all is a crime. If that initial crime had been rectified, that is, if they were not permitted to be illegally in this country, there are thousands of people all over the country that would still be alive if they hadn't been killed by illegal immigrants. So the rate of crime doesn't matter to me when you want to make that argument. It is the fact that these people should not be here at all in the first place. And you played that clip, Buck, of Mayorkas. If this were a... I I hate to keep hammering this home, 
But in the same way that we still don't have all the transgender manifesto in Nashville. We don't have any of it, right? I mean, they still are totally withholding it. It's still totally withholding it. I believe it's been 35 days now. Today is the 35th day since that shooting would have happened, if my math is correct, and I think it is. Um, 35 days. Yet, mere hours after anybody on the right commits a crime of violence, we know everything about them, and it is directly attributable to their political beliefs that this action was undertaken. So, the fact that this is illegal who had been deported five times, how many times do you think that means that he's gone back and forth between Mexico and the United States, Buck, carrying, if he's a criminal, who knows how many different illicit substances over those decades of uh, of crossings? Just just remember this, as you know, some of you are going to be getting, uh, you know, audit notices from the IRS this year, unfortunately. You know, they've got all this uh, additional IRS manpower now that the Biden administration's been pushing for. Just remember this that there's laws actually here that were clearly not enforced against this individual. If you have been deported and you are caught in the U.S. again illegally a second time, it is a felony. But they just decide they're not going to charge it as a felony because it's a federal it's a federal crime. The federal prosecutors can say, oh, OK, well, we don't want to do it that way. You know, we don't want to crowd the prisons or whatever. It is about the incentive structure for people to obey our laws or not. Now, this is a situation where you'd say, if they were willing to enforce the law, and if they were willing to, say, charge him with a felony for a second aggravated um, violation of immigration laws, maybe these five individuals will be alive today. And this is where we really are. I mean, you know, the Democrats always take this position of, when it suits them, if it could save one life, you know, if it can save one life, let's have, you know, 30 day waiting periods for guns and fingerprinting. And, you know, they just, you know, yeah, you got to have like a special lock on the trigger all the time, whatever. Endless harassment for people that have to, you know, are going to obey laws because they're law abiding. Of course, criminals obey none of this and laugh at the stupidity of it. But why should we why should we think that we are in a country where the rule of law is taken seriously if the rule of law at our southern border is such a joke? which is obviously the case. I mean, Mayorkas even saying the border's secure means using the best resources you have. I mean, it was just, it sounded like an answer that Kamala Harris would give. It just made no sense. It was just words strung together. And as the rate of violent crime continues, it's a really, I think, important point to hammer home. This is one that everybody's just going to ignore. Well, if immigrants illegally are arriving in our country and creating more and more violence, which they are, even if statistically they are arguing that they aren't the cause of the violence, if the goal is to go after violence everywhere, why aren't we trying to solve it? And and I wanted to even tie in here, Buck, with uh, with this. Lori Lightfoot, who has been defeated as the... Uh, as the incumbent mayor of uh, of Chicago, is basically waving the white flag over how many different people now are being sent from Texas to Chicago. Did you see this? Yep. She says they can't handle it anymore. Just like the uh, mayor because, of New York. That's right. I guess, uh, I guess they're anti-Hispanic racists is really what we're seeing here because that's what we're always told when we say, hold on, we need a secure border. It's, you have some animosity toward the Hispanic community. So Lori Lightfoot... And the current mayor, Eric Adams of New York, um, must have that animosity because otherwise makes no sense unless maybe something else is going on here, Clay. 
No doubt. And it's and it didn't take very many. I remember a tiny pinprick of the illegal immigrants being spent, sent to New York City, Washington, D.C., and now Chicago. All three of those mayors have effectively tapped out and said, we can't handle this. Listen to Lori Lightfoot saying... We're completely tapped out. We can't handle any more illegal immigrants. Cut but seven. I felt like it was important to once again try to engage the governor, but also let him know what his policies and practices are doing in cities like Chicago. We are completely tapped out. We have no more space, no more resources. And frankly, we're already in a surge. We've been seeing over the last week, two to three, 200 plus people coming to Chicago every single We call them walk-ins because they're not coming on buses, but they are coming on planes from San Antonio. And we're very concerned because they don't seem like they're getting screened at the border. We've seen people coming with serious medical issues. Clay, hold on a second. Shouldn't, Shouldn't America, I mean, this is the Democrat position. If you're a good person, your position as a Democrat who wants to be in good standing these days must be that we don't check anybody. Anybody can come here for any reason whatsoever, and we owe to them free housing, free food, free health care. If, if all of the world's, you know, heart surgery patients want to show up in America and demand taxpayer funded cardiac surgery, to not give them that is racist. I just, I think everyone needs to understand this is where we're actually seeing the rubber meet the road. Not only that, how about blaming the governor of a state? for immigration-related issues, and not the President of the United States. I mean, Greg Abbott doesn't have control of the entire southern border. Greg Abbott isn't in control of the entire federal government apparatus. Note what's going on here. It's Greg Abbott's fault that too many illegal immigrants are coming to uh, coming to Chicago. So does Lori Lightfoot want Greg Abbott to call out the entire Texas National Guard to the extent that they exist, or State Guard, or whatever he can, and put them at the border? I, I just think that, that Lori Lightfoot's xenophobia here is it really is something out, we need to discuss. Outrageous. Really outrageous xenophobia from Lori Lightfoot of Chicago and Eric Adams of New York, who have both said, stop sending all of these poor migrants to us. We can't afford to pay for all their stuff anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were a nation of immigrants. I I thought we cared about, you know, what about the poem on the Statue of Liberty? Oh, you mean that actually all that stuff they say is just virtue signaling and they hope that people are too dumb to notice what's really happening in the country? Yeah, that's actually that's actually what they've been hoping. But now when they have to pay for it, when it's dollars and cents at stake, hmm, all of a sudden, I mean, all, all the people who are gaming our immigration system and walking across the southern border aren't aren't starting Google as soon as they get here. I just. Man, it's such a shock. I, 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 what a surprise to everybody. All right, look, lots of men in this country share the same medical problem as they get older. Their testosterone levels, which are created naturally by the body, start to diminish, and this impacts energy levels. Some studies show guys in general have 50% less testosterone than the average guy did 50 years ago, only exacerbating the problem. There's any number of things you can try out there, but here's an effective solution from Chalk Natural Supplements. Their male vitality stack includes a leading ingredient, found to replenish tea levels by 20% in just three months' time. Years of research has gone into this product from Chalk, a Texas-based company full of patriots who want their best for their fellow men and women. By the way, they've got supplements specifically designed for the ladies, too. They lab uh, lab test each of their products twice to ensure purity and efficacy. 
Taking chalk, you'll feel better, more energized, and more focused. Chalk is spelled with a Q, as in C-H-O-Q, and you can find them online at chalk.com. And here's some good news. You can save 35% on any chalk subscription you choose for life when you use my name, Buck, in the purchase process. That's for the life of your subscription, chalk.com, and use my name, Buck. Start feeling better and living a more energized life with chalk supplements. Keeping it real. Keeping it honest. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Encourage you to go subscribe to the podcast. Make sure that you don't miss a single moment. Also, you can find us on YouTube. And I can't impress upon you enough how much your kids and grandkids are probably spending time on YouTube. Um, and that is one of the best ways that you can reach your kids and your grandkids if you want to share moments with us, um, a moment with the show with them. Buck, I'm kind of stunned that we're not having more discussion about this. We have had in the last six weeks three of the biggest bank collapses in the history of the United States. And I just want to hit you with this. First Republic Bank, Silicon Valley Bank, and Signature Bank all have collapsed in the last six weeks. Buck, that is three of the four biggest bank collapses in the history of the United States. And they've happened in six weeks, and I feel like almost zero media discussion. Do you kind of feel like, I mean, that, that to me is crazy that we could have three of the four biggest bank collapses in United States history and hardly anybody's even talking about it. Clay, it's all fine. Biden is in <laughs> charge, and Janet Yellen has got this. Kidding, everybody. I mean, I, look, I, I don't know how this could be anything other than the slow descent into the recession and reset that so many of us have been expecting all along here. Um, and this is really a function of overspending, creating inflation, trying to tame inflation, banks getting on the wrong side of rates. None of this is, oh, my gosh, how could this have happened? This has all happened exactly the way that people who were trying to warn about how it would happen said it would happen. And yet we sit here and everyone's like, oh, wow, you mean you mean banks will do reckless things when they have to chase profits and they think the ba- the uh, the federal government will bail them out? Yeah, that has not changed at all. No one knows what's on the balance sheets of these banks, by the way, Clay, uh, other than the people, you know, the, the board and, and the CEO, et cetera. But we have no idea. There could be a lot of wrong side of the uh, of the ledger loans and other assets that some very big banks have, and they're just trying to keep it all quiet. We don't know. Yeah, and one thing I want to kind of hit the alarm bell on here for a lot of you to be paying attention to is I don't think anybody's talking enough about how much commercial real estate is in trouble in this country. And I increasingly look, as people are not going into offices anymore, and as many of these commercial real estate properties, which were locked in, Buck, at you know 2 and 3% interest, oftentimes on short-term loans, are going to have to refi, I think we are trending towards a major calamity associated with that. Hardly anybody discussing. May 1st, you know what that means, Mother's Day month. Hook up grandma, hook up mom with great pair of my slippers they'll thank you for it right now closeout sale still going on all season indoor outdoor slippers 
My wife, we got back from Vegas. She was immediately looking for him in the house last night to get ready for bed. They used to cost $150, but right now, $25 a pair. More than 80% off. They also come with a 10-year warranty, giving you a sense of how well-made they really are. Here's how you get hooked up. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, enter both of our names as the promo code Clay and Buck. And when you make that online purchase, you can also call them 800-792-3269. Get hooked up today. Welcome back. You remember um, that there was a leak of a Supreme Court decision, the Dobbs decision that ended the complete farce of abortion as a constitutional right. Whatever, Whatever one thinks of abortion, even honest liberal uh, jurists, legal analysts recognize that uh, Roe v. Wade was was absurd and and obtuse law. I mean, it just made no sense whatsoever. Um, but they wanted it, and so they created something, a fabrication. Um, and you're seeing, by the way, there's a lot of that going on these days. You know, men can get pregnant. Uh, they'll just say things that we all know are untrue, but if they have the power to enforce it, they will do it. But the leak of the Supreme Court decision uh, was a massive breach of trust and faith from within the Supreme Court. And it's it's interesting that over the weekend, uh, Justice Samuel Alito, I guess this was on Friday, Thursday or Friday, Justice Samuel Alito sat down with the Wall Street Journal. The headline that I think really gets right to it is that the leak, quote, made us targets of assassination. This is Justice Alito who was the uh, was the lead author on the Dobbs uh, decision. And two things that come out of this. Um, one is Alito is absolutely certain that what we told you here on this show, what had happened, and, and all of you knew, but people were trying different theories or whatever to try to muddy up the waters a little bit. This was done to pressure Supreme Court justices to change a an impending decision with massive consequences for the nation. This was an enormous, an enormous assault on what in many ways feels like a last line of, uh, or, or a line of last resort institution, right? You're, if everything goes to hell, you feel like, well, maybe the Supreme Court can keep us from going completely insane as a nation. Now that probably puts too much on the court, but that's how a lot of people feel about it. So Alito Clay, absolutely certain that the leak was done to put pressure, and by pressure, he means lunatics might come after us, and so maybe we change our minds because we're scared. That's, and we, as we know, there was a guy who said, I'm going to go kill a Supreme Court justice who was arrested with, uh, what, a gun, a knife, and some tape or something. He had, he had some weapons on him. Um, so that's something you have to take very seriously. He also said in this that he believes that he knows who leaked it. Um, you know, man, I, I, I don't, I, I'll say this. First of all, because he knows the motive, uh, we know that this is, you know, without question, if he thinks he knows who leaked it and he's a hundred percent sure of the motive, I think we're quite clear that we know that this is a, a leftist from within the court, right? Okay. And then beyond that, um, the one that keeps bouncing around in my head, do you think it's crazy that one of the, one of the justices may have actually leaked this? Oh, it's such a good question. Here's the quote directly from Alito. I personally have a pretty good idea who is responsible. 
but that's different from the level of proof that is needed to name somebody. I I don't because he talks in this interview, Buck, in the Wall Street Journal about the fact that it harmed their working relationship for about a year and that they're just now getting back to some form of normalcy. So to me, I think it would be hard to get back to some form of normalcy if you felt like it was a um, it was a fellow a justice instead justice of a staffer. You think right. so? You think it's definitely a? I mean, I think it's probably a staffer, but I'm not. I 100%. think the, the staffer makes sense on the context clues because he said it took about a year to get back to normal. For people out there who don't know, Supreme Court clerks typically only serve one year. So if this person was a clerk, which is what I've kind of thought for some time on the left in uh, in one of the you know justices who was on the left's chambers, that would in some way explain why you could feel better about getting back to normalcy. Because if you thought, okay, this person no longer works at the court, maybe you have a level of trust. I would also say I think it's unlikely to be a justice because there are many, and I understand Dobbs was a radical uh, change in terms of the court's jurisprudence. Maybe you could say, oh, this is something that would lead to a radical result. I would reject that on some level because there are all sorts of what I would consider to be blockbuster Supreme Court cases that take place over the course of the the last decade or so, and there were no leaks of those. So but, I think if it were a justice, it would happen more than once. Well, I, I think with with Roe though, there first of all, it, it it's a it's such a um, a central part of the lib psyche in this country, and and has been something that you know so much propaganda has been built around. Oh, it's the constitutional law of the land and all that stuff. But even beyond that, there I don't think they're in any uh, realistic world going to get a different result within the next couple of decades on this one. So it's a, it's a long-term problem for them, whereas at least with some of the other cases, they could have felt like we'll get another bite at the apple, right? We'll find another way, you know, if uh, whether it's, if it's what are the huge, the biggest case, if uh, Obergefell had gone in the other direction, let's just say theoretically, they would have brought another case and they would have had another, you know, another chance. Roe for them, I feel like was, they knew they were never going to get this again, at least not anytime, not anytime soon. So, it was a little bit higher uh, higher stakes for them. Two things. I think the stakes are still unfortunately very high because in a 5 to 4 decision, which is why I said Justice Roberts should have joined it, there still is an incentive to kill a justice, especially while Joe Biden is president and he has control of the Senate. And I hate to even have to mention that, but Alito hints at it and talks about it. I mean, he says basically buck in here that they have such severe yeah. protection now uh, that they are driving around basically in tanks and they're not supposed to, uh, they're not supposed to go places without their security. And, and, and maybe that has gone on and on, but I, I don't remember the security being that significant. Second part of this on the Alito, there aren't actually that many people who could be suspects. And that's the part that's frustrating about the court not being able to find the leaker. In theory, if you are correct that it is a somebody with left-wing sympathies, that narrows down the list even further. Let's say there, Buck, are 100 people who might have had access to this. Uh, uh, it's a, probably a, a lot less opinion. than that, but we'll say But 100. let's say it's 100. 
like even a hundred is is a relatively if you can immediately cut almost half of those people out because the last thing they want to do is put an assassination target on a conservative judge that narrows it down to 50 if you then can take out full-time employees because it feels to me like it's unlikely to have been someone who has been there for years and years again because there have been contentious cases in the past none of this is leaked I think you end up with like 14 clerks who are effectively the targets here. And how can you not narrow it down and figure out who those people Look, are? I, I got some, I got some old CIA buddies who you put them on the, uh, put them on the poly, put them on the polygraph. You'll figure out who did what I think real fast here. If they really wanted to know, that's what they I'm could saying. Find, they could find this out pretty, pretty quickly. Um, and, and I think that at some level, even for Alito, there may be this sense of, what is, you know, you want justice and you want it to be known, but does it also then just take it into another realm where it's clear this was a left-wing Democrat trying to subvert and really destroy the court's legitimacy, right? I mean, a Supreme Court that would change a decision based upon threats against the persons in the Supreme Court, the actual justices, is is no longer an institution that anybody would trust or have any faith in whatsoever, right? It's it's a joke at that point. I mean, it's a sad joke. Um, so I, I just wonder if if they really feel like uh, I'm talking about now the people that work in the Supreme Court would they rather just kind of let it go at this point because they don't they don't want you know Do you think they all want to know? We all know it's a Democrat. We all know it's someone who voted for Joe Biden. We all know it's a leftist. We all know it's someone who thinks you should abort babies for all nine months of a pregnancy because that's a great thing to do. We all know that. But if it's a person and it's clear and there's no more plausible deniability of the political attempt here to encourage a hit on a Supreme Court justice from one side of the political aisle, you don't, you see what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm just not sure that they all even really want to know. I think you know? we should. I think I, we should. I, I want to know. Yeah. But I'm saying for, I don't think they want to know. I, even for the court, because we talked about it. I didn't think that it was talked about enough, and Alito directly addresses it. This was effectively a call to arms and a suggestion that you commit an assassination. Because until, and this is why I said as soon as the leak came out, they needed to go ahead and release this opinion. Because until, and I, I think a, a lot of people still don't know this. Until the opinion is released, the law doesn't change. So effectively, this leaker provided six weeks for someone to try to kill a justice. And if you think, oh, that's an exaggeration, somebody flew cross-country, showed up outside of Brett Kavanaugh's house to try to kill a justice. And unfortunately, Buck, that incentive is still there because think about what would happen if a justice got assassinated on the right in this country. Joe Biden right now, would get to nominate a replacement, and the United States Senate would seat that replacement, presuming they could somehow get Diane Feinstein and get get her back onto the uh, onto Capitol Hill to be able to push this through. So, not only is there a direct incentive for assassination, Democrats would benefit because you think Joe Biden would say, "Oh, I'm going to refuse to uh, seat someone." I, I think he would still seat someone, and then the law on Dobbs would theoretically flip back. Well, they would need to have a case. They would need to have the Which they would easily do. I'm telling you. They would, if... if I mean, if Clay, if, if, if they make abortion federal law again after making abortion not federal law within a couple of years, I mean, you're right, they could do it, but I mean, it just would make the, the Supreme Court looks like a, an absolute 
political hatchet job at that point. Do you think the left would say, nope, oh, they, will do they it. would do it? Yeah, they would they do would it if do they it. could, I think. Which is, yeah. which is why I hammered home, and I'm still disappointed he didn't do it. As soon as he knew it was 5-4, to me, the biggest failure of John Roberts' regime is he should have signed on and made it 6 Well, he's, he's, John Roberts has made it a point to, I would argue, at the expense of law, courage, and decency, protect the institution of the Supreme Court as something that is in itself its own good, right? We need to protect the institutional integrity of the court. Um, and in doing so, he has actually played into leftist hands and just encouraged the mob of lunatics. So, yes, I think he's, I think honestly, he's actually he's a done, Buck, the opposite of what he claims by not making it 6 3. Because yes. unfortunately, the situation that I just laid out, killing a Supreme Court justice, replacing them, and immediately getting a case where you could overturn Dobbs and go back to Roe v. Yeah, Wade, I think would happen. Roberts has been feeding the crocodile of the left and hoping it will eat him last. And I don't know if that's going to save him. I really don't. But if he truly cared about the legitimacy of the court, it's the saddest and most pathetic decision of his career that he didn't make it 6-3 because by not doing so, he actually kept the target on the Supreme Court. And that's sad, but Alito's discussion, really an important one. I'd encourage you guys to all go read that interview uh, in the Wall Street Journal in their weekend conversation. Uh, because I'm telling you, this story, unfortunately, is not going away. Have you heard of Frankenstein fraud? It's a type of identity theft that targets the identities of young kids. Online thieves combine the social security number of an infant with the name of a deceased person and possibly details of a third person to create a stitched-together identity, a Frankenstein identity. Criminals then use this fake identity to commit various online frauds and scams, it's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Like this Frankenstein fraud scam, cyber thieves can be crafty with your personal info if they get a hold of it from a data breach or planting malware on your phone or Android. Protecting your online identity can be easy with LifeLock by Norton because they will look for and hopefully detect potential identity threats, threats you may not spot on your own. If you do, however, become a victim of identity theft, one of their dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialists will work to fix it, a huge time saver for you. Now remember, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but it's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now, save 25% off your first year with the promo code CLAY. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go online to lifelock.com and use my name, Clay, C-L-A-Y, as the promo code for 25% off. Get to know the guys outside the issues. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck, a new podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Closing up second hour of the program. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us on the Monday edition. Clay and Buck, I want to make it clear to you how much the far left wing is in control of the Democrat Party now. Bernie Sanders not running for president basically because Joe Biden is doing whatever Bernie Sanders would have done if he were president. And this is a radical, crazy idea, again, that is now very much mainstream where Attacking capitalism and not understanding basic business is not just a flaw of the Democrat platform. It's a foundational element of the Democrat platform. Listen to Bernie Sanders saying here, the government should confiscate all money earned over $999 million. 
Well, sir, you're saying that billionaires should not exist. So you're, are you basically saying that once you get to $999 million, yeah. that the government should confiscate all the rest? I'm saying that we should go back to a very progressive tax policy like what we had under Dwight D. Eisenhower. Which would mean that after over yeah. a billion dollars, basically yeah. it all goes to the government. I, you may disagree with me. But I'm I just asking. Like, fine. Yeah, I think people can make it on 900 you know, $99 million. It's just, I mean, look, he's such a clown, and the whole thing is so idiotic. First of all, no one actually really paid the rate, the, the, the top rate under Eisenhower. This is, like, not a thing that even really happened to people. There's a million different ways that uh, individuals will move their income and their earnings around to avoid any kind of a tax change like this. And beyond that, the real issue is, you know, Ber Bernie Sanders' whole worldview is based on a fundamental lie, okay? Here's the fundamental lie. If rich people who already you have, Clay, what is it, the top, uh, you know, 1% pay like 30% or 25% or something of the taxes, something like that, and the top 10% pay like 90% of the income taxes. So uh, I'll look at the numbers. I'm trying to do this off the top of my head. But the fundamental lie that Bernie Sanders tells everybody is if only rich people paid more, you'd have free health care and all the things you want. And he points to countries where everybody pays about 60% in income tax. Everybody. You earn 50 grand, you're paying 60%. You earn 20 grand, you're paying 60%. Because the most money actually comes from the people, not the few billionaires. Over half of Americans, I think it's 52% already pay zero uh, income tax, which is pretty wild. Again, over half. But the big issue here for me with Bernie's comments, why would anybody who has a billion dollars be interested, Buck, in working hard if the I, government gets everything else? By the way, I was just to be clear, I was way off in the, other, in the, in, in the direction that I thought I wouldn't. The top 1% here paid 42% of federal income tax in, like, 2020, for example. Yeah, that's I thought wild. it was top 20%. It's double what I thought. Uh, what percentage of people out there do you think understand that over half of the American population doesn't pay a dollar in income tax? I mean, that, that that is... We have a very progressive income tax stream. And what Democrats don't understand is capitalism requires rewards. Otherwise, everybody can just kick back and do what Democrats do. Not work very hard and expect everybody else to take care of them. Oh, how's that working out in all the communist countries? A spoiler, not that good. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Get ready for Smart Money Happy Hour. Pull up a chair. It's the happy hour you wish your friends were having. Mix two money experts with some hot takes and a splash of nostalgia. And you get me, George Campbell. And me, Rachel Cruz, talking unfiltered about what's going on in the world, pop culture, and how to afford a life you love. We're talking money, celebrity budgets, and my budget for my two French Bulldogs. It's a lot. <laughs> You'll hear it all on Smart Money Happy Hour. Listen on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts.